This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the Contact Center Coach. The title for Podcast 102 is Show and Tell, Tactical Steps for Engaging Remote Agents. And when I picked this title, it just brought back some great memories of show and tell back when I was in elementary school. I don't know whether you've had kids, so you've had the opportunity to experience show and tell again. And I'm sure show and tell, it's much different today than it was back in my day. I you know, I, I can remember the kid that brought, you know, his brother's lunchbox in and, you know, the girls that brought in, you know, a doll that they had. And uh, but it was the unique ones or the crazy ones that I that I remember. I I remember some kid, I, I don't remember his name, but he brought in the spoon that his parents hit him with when they disciplined him. He actually brought the he brought the wooden spoon in. And, you know, an, uh, another kid, of course, brings in you know, a cat and a hamster, and then it went from a hamster, and then it was a dog, a small dog, and then some kid brought in this German shepherd that, I mean, it looked like a wolf. Everybody was scared to death of this German shepherd that they brought in. Nobody wanted to go anywhere near it. Of course, the kid was really proud. And But the, the kicker of all kickers is somebody brought a Shetland pony in. <laughs> they brought a pony into the grammar school, and I, I lived in a fairly rural area, so that was not... Uh, it was not unusual. Not, it was definitely unusual to have a Shetland pony in the um, in the school. But the, the the look on the teacher's face when this pony comes in, and of course, that then elicits people want rides, which of course you can't do. And so it was. Uh, but the Shetland pony was the biggest thing that I've ever seen, and the uh, the spoon I think was the was the craziest was the craziest one. And by the way, if you go online and just look up some of the things that kids have brought for show and tell, uh, I'm sure you'll get a kick out of them. But you know what? That's really what almost all business meetings are, any sort of business interactions. They really are show and tell. And so I thought that was a great title, a great explanation as we look at, you know, the tactical steps that you take for uh, engaging remote agents. And of course, tactical means they're the things that you actually do. I mean, there are strategies, there are plans, uh, there are visions, but, but tactical are the actual things that you do. And then engaging is, is, you know, people talk about engagement all the time, but, but every single time that you sit down and coach somebody, every time you reach out to someone, every time they reach to you or reach towards the company, that is engagement. And engagement is serious. I, I, uh, I've told you in the past that I uh, was in the wedding business for 10 years, so engagement was a big deal, right? Because the very first thing they did after someone was engaged was they picked a wedding venue, which is what we had. And so we were able to get 55 cents of almost every dollar spent if they had their wedding at our place. You know, but something about an engagement I think is important because I think it relates really well to the people that work for you. So 
when somebody gets engaged, it's a commitment to being committed. You know, when you get married, that's marriage is for life. That's the actual commitment. But engagement is a commitment to be committed. And, you know, work is not uh, marriage, right? Work is, work is not for life. It's, it's, it's you know, marriage is, marriage is for life. Work is not for life. Work is an engagement, right? They're committed to being committed with you, for you, with you, for as long as their season may play out. So your engagement, your connection to them, is something that furthers their engagement in the way that you the way that you further your their engagement with you is by tactically engaging with them on a regular basis and of course we all know and all experience the fact that remote agents are are much much harder and i was about to say twice as hard but i i don't think they're twice as hard i think they're five times as hard 10 times as hard so let's walk through what show and tell looks like in engaging remote agents. So on the show side, it starts with showing up. Uh, regular daily connection with the people that work for you. And so what does that mean? I, I think that means that every day you have to talk to them and maybe you'll schedule your time or our time. Maybe it's one o'clock in the afternoon and you decide you want to have a set schedule every day where you're going to connect with your employee. And there are many different ways to connect, right? We, we, we may connect by text, we may connect by phone call, we may connect by video call, and we may do that one, two, three, four, five times a day, and maybe it's 10 times a day based on how many times you might be connecting uh, uh, via text or some other chat or Teams or whatever it is. And sometimes they're regular consistent checks, sometimes they're a surprise. I do believe that it needs to be consistent, and especially with a remote agent I believe that you need to talk to them every single day. That's physically talk to them where you can hear their voice. I'm also going to tell you that I think you ought to see them by video because the second component is to show your smile. So connecting them by video once a day, and I think it should be a regular time, and if it's not a regular time, then it needs to be scheduled by you to make sure that it happens. But having a set schedule will ensure that it gets done. It's a tactic that will make sure that you're connecting with them every day about how many times you should connect with them. I, my experience has been that if, if you're an organization that if your employees were in-house, you were to connect with them X number of times a day, uh, whether that's a walk by or whether they come into your office or you saw them in the lunchroom, but you were trying to reach out and connect with your employees X number of times a day, I think that if, if you were pretty good at it and you felt like you had a really healthy program when they're in-house, then you need to do two to three times as much as, of that when they're remote. And if you were horrible at it in-house, then it probably needs to be five times as much. Because you can't talk to these people every day about their performance in every single circumstance because you'll just run out of things to say about performance. So there's going to be a lot of other things that you're going to want to talk about with them. But it needs to be regular and it needs to be every day. So second up, I've already told you, which is, is to show your smile. A video connection. I think you should video connect with your employees at least once a day. And if you've not done that in the past, it's not like Zoom where you're spending most of your time on Zoom looking at yourself rather than looking at other people. When it's one-on-one, -on -one, you pretty quickly quit looking at yourself and you can focus on the other person. And I think making that connection, seeing them eye to eye is really, really valuable. It allows them to connect and something that I think you should be doing every day. Obviously, you need to show your information on a on a day-to-day -day basis whether that's the company the performance uh new challenges old challenges whatever it is but 
But both of you have to prepare. Both have to be prepared to talk. And it needs to be something that there's some preparation involved, especially for your your one-on-ones that are going to occur. Uh, We spend a lot of time with our clients making sure that uh, inside of our application that there's a a give and take before you have your one-on-ones. Now I'm talking about your formal one-on-ones, which also should be occurring once a week uh, with a uh, with a remote employee. So again, tactically, I want to see them video every day, but also once a week, I also want to have some time with them where I'm talking to them again by video, hopefully, where I'm doing my one-on-ones. And in those circumstances, we need to make sure that we have that we have uh, a preparation where they're prepared and we're prepared in advance to make sure that we're going to accomplish something. And it's very, very important that that occur. Next up is we, we need to make sure that there's both scheduled work and play. We need, we need to have both. You need to have fun with them. And sometimes the, 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 the play uh, is something that we forget because we get so bogged down in the work. But we need to make sure that there's both work and play or work and fun. If you're someone that says, well, you know what, I, you know, we've got the scheduled work, but, but you know, when it comes to play, we're, we're, we're just kind of spontaneous about that. Spontaneous is a horrible strategy unless you already have a good plan for fun and work, and then spontaneous is even more so. Spontaneous is a horrible strategy uh, when and never works without, a, without an original plan for both fun and work that you've set up and you've scheduled. If you're looking for an ES that you really want to work, then, then be mysterious. There's nothing better than, than mystery added to the program, which is spontaneity. Uh, I always uh, tell the story of Southwest Airlines. When you get on a Southwest Airlines plane, you just never know whether there's a flight attendant that's in the overhead bin or is wearing something different or they're going to walk down the aisles and say something or do something that's crazy. You just never know. There's a mystery about it that that at any moment something could happen. And that's a great thing to have in a contact center, which is not necessarily spontaneity, which means we're just going to do it. It's planned, but it's mystery, which means that you never know when it's going to happen. And then finally, in the show category, we need to show them that the team is important. And you can do that by having a, a, a virtual meeting place, a, a place on Teams or somewhere else where they, can, uh, where they can communicate with each other. Obviously, it's a place where they can gather data and get information. But they need to be able to know that there are other people that they can rely on. And uh, I think it's a great, uh, a great uh, business practice to assign them a buddy or assign them a couple of buddies or create some smaller teams, a, a trio or a duo of people, whether you're looking at their, their performance together or they're in a context together, or maybe you're just updating them on what's going on with other team members. We do that. We make sure that if something successful is going on, that there's access to the other employees, that they can see that and they've got the capacity to, um, they've got the capacity to do that. So it's also also really great and important to have offsites together as a team. And those may not be your team, they may have to be regional because the teams intersperse and there's regional people, but but offsites are so much more important with remote people and they should be scheduled and they should be frequent. It's also really great if you have outside guests or other people talk to them in a huddle or in some sort of a prepared time. Have someone like me come in and and talk to them for a little while or talk to your supervisors just as a way to, to bring other people into the organization that they can get together as a team and participate and experience something together. And that is that is so important that you make that happen. On the tell component of things, we, we have to have professional communications. 
And, and I say that, and you know that, obviously, but this is work. They're getting paid to listen to you, to be coached, to get better. It's part of their job and part of yours. But you're also getting paid to listen to them, to coach them, to work together. If you're both professional, your communications, your tell component should be really, really good because you're both really good at it. Because you're both professionals, you're both getting paid to communicate. And so professional communications is the way that things should just naturally happen. And what does professional communications look like? Well, professional communications tactically looks like when I talk to one of my employees, I have a fistful of encouragement in my hands always. This is a business of finding somebody doing something right. You need to have a fistful of encouragement for every conversation, for every interaction you have. That doesn't mean that you don't also have a fistful of areas that they need to work on, things they need to be challenged on, uh, maybe things that maybe it's a performance improvement plan that you actually have to walk through with them to cover something that's serious. But you need to have a fistful of encouragement in every opportunity that you've got to talk to them, something that you can tell, something that you can talk about. You also need to have a fistful of company data, understand the missions and values, and and make sure that you've got that information available to them. You are your employee's lifeline. You are their connection to the company. All great information, all serious information ought to come from you or ought to at least have been instigated by you because it's your responsibility to make sure that they know everything they need to know which makes it your responsibility to make sure that they know when they're doing things right. And yes, there is technologies like ours that can really, really help and boost that, but but that's your responsibility to do. The other key component of professional communications is that it needs to be personal. Professional communications includes time spent sharing personal. If this is not something that you're good at, if you can't have interactions where you're transparent or you can connect with them, then you need to prepare and have a plan for that with a set of questions that you can ask that will allow you to to get personal with the employee. And I'm not talking about finding out things about them that you're not supposed to find out or that somehow or another go against HR, but you have to be able to connect and weave between the business and personal level. You need to do that in a professional communications when you're talking to a, a customer on the phone in a simple customer service experience. You have to be able to weave between the business and personal and you need to make sure that you've got a list of questions if you're not very good at that. If you're really great at that, sometimes people are really great at the personal but they can't get back to the professional. They don't weave back well to the other side. But it is something that you need to be, do, be doing and you need to follow a plan if you're not good at this. If you need a set of questions, uh, send me a note. I'll be happy to send you one on that. So another area of tell is model. How you tell them is critical. You need to be able to model what it is that's going on. If, if, if you know, you're the one that models empathy, you're the one that models acknowledgement, you're the one that models connection. In your tell, in your communication, you're tactically teaching them and modeling how it is they need to communicate as well. I've told you this over and over and over again. Tactically, when you answer the phone, you should answer your phone in the exact same way that your frontline employees answer. I don't care what level you are. That's the way you ought to answer the phone because if one of your employees listens to it, they know that they're supposed to, they're, this is supposed to be a professional greeting. It's supposed to be done with, with enthusiasm. And also you should be doing the same thing when you, when you end a call. You ought to end on a personal note. You ought to acknowledge something that occurred earlier that allows them to then go, to then end the call because that's the way they ought to end every one of their professional communications as well. And the only way that you can end it on a personal note is if you've somehow or another made some sort of a connection on a personal note. 
This is so important that, that you model these things because one of the big, big losses when people went remote is that when they got up to go to lunch, when you get up and go to the restroom, when you get up and go to your office, they would be walking by other cubicles where they would hear professional conversations. They would hear their fellow employees overcoming objections. They would hear their fellow empl- employees weaving on a business and personal level. They don't get to do that anymore. They don't get to hear that that chatter that really does infiltrate their brains and helps them to, to recognize that there are other people in the same circumstances. They are. There are other people that are dealing with challenges there. There are other people that are struggling, other people that are being successful. In all those circumstances, they miss that. So so you know, sometimes we need to model with with highlight reels and bloopers and and other ways that you can tactically help them to see that other people are in similar circumstances and either doing things right or doing things wrong. It's really really important for your ability to be able to to model those things. And then finally, in the tell category is listening. It's it's the key to any sort of communications. So in our tell, we have to make sure that we're great listeners. And that takes two people to participate in that because this really is 50-50. Both people have to prepare. Both people have to listen. Uh, I love the line from Jerry Maguire, help me help you. So that's what we do from a, from a, a show and tell standpoint. Well, how do we use show and tell? How do we actually make that occur? What are some of the uh, underpinnings of great conversations and great communications? Well, it has to start with a preparation by you before you even get started. So, so that starts with, with them. Do, do they enjoy being coached by you? Do they look forward to the, is the person you're about to talk to, do they, do they look forward to being coached by you or is that a yes or is that a no? Because that'll tell you how receptive they are. I mean, overall, you ought to look at all of your employees and if the majority of your employees don't like being coached by you, then it probably says something about your coaching. I think if even a couple peoples don't enjoy being coached by you, I think that's something you can look look to yourself to say, hey, how can I change? And that's whether you're delivering good news or bad news, whether that's a rose, a daisy, uh, or a weed. But but their receptivity to your coaching is is the whole game, right? If, if they don't look forward to talking to you, these people are on the phone. These people are on the phone all day long, most likely dealing with challenges. They should be dying to talk to you. Any amount of time that they can get off the phone and do something other than being on the phone, and especially if it's with you, who is supposed to be their biggest advocate, right? their biggest person that helps them be successful in the company, the next person that's most interested in their success is you at whatever level these employees are. So they should look forward to that. And then the reverse of that is an assessment. Do you look forward to coaching them? Right? Is this a person that, that you look forward to or do you go, oh man, I do not want to do not want to get on a video call with this person. I, I, I don't like working with them. It's something you need to know ahead of time because that helps you to, to level set to know what you're going to do when you sit down and talk to them. And you'll notice that everything that I'm talking about is some sort of preparation for any sort of conversation that you're having with somebody because this is professional communication. If you want to know tactically, the single most important thing you need to do is you need to prepare and you need to plan. You need, to, you need to have a strategy that you can implement tactics into it, which means you need to have a plan. So next up, I think, I think it's just a general understanding of where this employee is. So we're huge believers in employee engagement surveys, and we, um, we recommend them. We recommend them that, that you do them monthly. Companies that tell me that they do employee engagement surveys every six months, I think you're nuts. You need to do them every month. Uh, here's the seven questions that we use. 
that we make sure that they do, and we don't necessarily do them all on the same day of the month every month. We'll spread them out over the course of the month to make sure that we're we're getting that data so it's coming in on a regular basis. We're getting some some different perspectives at some different times, but ultimately what you're trying to do is you're trying to build a trend analysis. I'm trying to build something that's gonna show me where they are over time so that I can begin to see the changes that are occurring. And by the way, if you're coaching employees and they're not changing, then you're doing a lousy job of coaching because the whole reason you're coaching people is that they will change. And if they're not changing, then you need to change your coaching style or your coaching tactics or the things that you're doing to make sure that you're getting some form of change. Anyway, here's the seven questions that we recommend. Do I know what is expected of me today? Have you received recognition or praise for doing good in the last seven days? It's always important when you put a, some sort of a target on that as to when the, the time period is so you can understand the recognition or praise. I have a clear understanding of my performance and progress. I feel connected to my coworkers. Do you have the resources needed to excel in your job? I have the opportunity to do challenging things at work. And when the organization makes changes, do you understand why? Each one of those has actions that you can take accordingly to help change those scores. I, I, I use the, the assessment ahead of time and something like employee engagement surveys as, as kind of like when you get in a pool. You can just run and jump in a pool, but you can also take the time to put your hand in the water to see what the temperature of the water is. And it's something I like to do, and I like to do that before I sit down and talk to anybody and, and again, if you already know these scores, you don't need to look at them at every, every uh, turn. But I want to make sure that you're prepared and that you've got a, you've got a plan because your experience, what you've experienced before, what, you, what your expectations are, go a long way to whatever transaction or communication you have with them. Because there is a reality that you're dealing with in every communication with your employees. And that is that you can't fix anything really in a day. It takes 21 days to change your behavior and seven for retention of a new idea. And you need to know going in all the time where they are and what you need to communicate on that particular day. And you also need to know where they are. You know, Maybe they're going through a divorce. Maybe they've got sick kids. Maybe they're struggling uh, in, in their job or they're struggling at home or there's some big project coming up or they're getting ready to go on vacation. Whatever that ancillary data is and, and, and getting a divorce or having sick kids is not ancillary data. It's important data. But it helps you to understand how well they're going to retain what sort of communication you're going to have with them. So with that as a background, here's the three things that you should pursue in every conversation that you have with them. You should hit every one of these in almost every conversation that you have with them. First up is information. We need to be able to ask and find out information when we're talking to our employees. And so first off, we've got all the information that that you know of, which is QM and the customers and what do they think. But you need to have an information plan that's at at a team level, at an individual level. And then as you communicate to them, on a business level, I need to communicate to them. And the way we do it is, is we do it with, with coaching notes, right? which are really critically important things that we're going to talk to them about. We're also going to document with them so that they know, hey, this is the big thing that I want you to be working on. And I want you to acknowledge that you've heard it. But then there's coaching tips that we give, which is, again, things that they're working on, but they're not like the big ones. But we're going to make sure they remind them because we know we need to do this for 21 days. We need to do it at least seven times to remember it. And, and then we're going to do reminders. We're going to do reminders. We're going to do renewals. Uh, we're going to do reward. We're going to do recognition. Uh, we're going to continue to 
to go over and over again the information that it is that we're going to share with them. We're also going to have virtual spaces for information and access. And obviously, you want to have a plan um, to resolve technical questions quickly. You know, so the speed, so their access to information is also something that you're working on. But there's also a whole personal side of being able to ask and get information about them, about where they are, about what's going on, what's going on with them. So we're always on the business and personal level when we're showing and we're telling. We're always doing both at the same time. So an example of them might be, I might say, hey, listen, you know, you killed it on Tuesday. Uh, you just killed it on Tuesday, but you, you know, you struggled yesterday. What happened? And they might have an answer. They might, they might not. But you can then share with them that they're not alone. Because there are other components that are going on, other people that have struggled, other people that have killed it, other people that have experiences that you can share with them and and share regards to anything associated with information. You can't get better AHT scores unless you make changes and build information and information access and the speed of that access with your employees. The repetitive nature of sharing information and looking for information is going to increase their speed. It's going to increase their knowledge. They're going to know the answer without having to look it, look it up. The more that they can do that, the faster that they can communicate. Your ability to understand what information they know, what information they don't know, will help them to be better at their job. But that same information applies to how they're doing, what's going on with them, where they sit, what's going on with them personally. All that information that that can help you prepare to find a better way to help you communicate what it is that's going on with their jobs. So you need to make sure that you have an information plan and you know what it is you're going to talk about. Again, it's this fistful of data that you're prepared to talk so you're, you're never without information to talk about. So information is one category. The second one is skills. Again, you can't be successful unless they're getting better at their skills. And so, which means that I need to have a list of their strengths and their weaknesses and acknowledge the fact that they have weakness in their strength and strength in their weaknesses. I love the example of Peyton Manning, who was a quarterback, was really, really successful in the NFL. I mean, he couldn't run at all. I mean, he couldn't run to save your life, but he could pass. So they didn't spend a lot of time practicing running, which was his weakness. They spent more time focused on his strengths. And I just don't want you to ever stop coaching ever stop encouraging people on their strengths and their weaknesses. And you can do them both at the same time. You can focus on both in the same conversation. Because when you do that, they get better at what they're really good at. They get great. But then they also continue to work on their weaknesses. Their weaknesses may never go away. But our goal is to try to make their weaknesses better and make their strengths spectacular. Because again, the stronger they get, the better they're going to be, more successful they're going to be, but they're also in a position then to help and mentor other people. And the more strengths that you can build, the, the, the more advantage that you have of people getting even better and better and better when they're great. People stick around when they're great. People stick around when they learn. People stick around when they're in an environment where they're improving, where they're successful, where they're acknowledged, where they're, they're encouraged, where they're reminded of all the things that they're doing well along with in continuing to improve and, and, and being encouraged to take on the challenges of the areas that they don't, they don't know about, which means more teaching, more coaching, more precision on both their strengths and their weaknesses when it comes to skills. And it's okay to tinker. Because we're having this communication, it's okay to tinker, you know, to make just small, minute changes that are going to help them to be more successful. And again, without the skills and the information, you can't change HT. 
you, you just can't make the change unless you improve their skills, their ability to overcome objections, their ability to bring things to closure, their, their ability to be able to acknowledge and to move on, to be able to clearly communicate something in an effective, efficient way. To be able to, to, to recognize when, when a customer says, my active listening skills, all the skills that they need to be successful, to be able to weave on the business and, prefer, and a personal level, all those fold together. And that's, those are things that you're constantly coaching to help them be better at their job. Well, if I've got information and skills, the third component is their desire. Because if they know what to say and they know how to say it, then the last component is their motivation to say it which means we're either stoking the fire, they're, they're in a good desire place, there's somebody that wants to do the work, oh, oh and by the way, if they've got the skills and they've got the, and, and they've got the information, uh, the other component they have to have is that they actually showed up, so right, they, they've got to actually show up for work, but if they're actually in their seat, they've got the skills and they've got the information, then it's just a matter of their desire. Their ability to be able to, to do these things at one o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon, to be able to want to be motivated to give a professional answer after the 50th time they've answered the exact same question over and over and over again. So we want to stoke the fire if things are going well, or we want to add more wood if, if they're not. So we need to make sure that we know their motivations. We know what it is that motivates them. It means that we need to find ways to deliver positive reinforcement and if you want to go back and, and take a listen to a podcast, uh, I did a podcast number 12, which is on reinforcement. Uh, you know, some other podcasts that will help you with these one-on-ones that you're having is podcast number 34 was receiving feedback from my boss. Podcast nine was some tips on everyday success, things you can do today. Podcast six and podcast 99 were on keeping people inspired. And then podcast 20 was a way to have one-on-one coaching. There's one on something we call YMCA, which is your thoughts, my thoughts, we, calib- we calibrate, and then you take action. In every, in, in every instance, but especially with desire, we want to model, we want to measure, we want to encourage, and we want to go on to the next component. Model, measure, encourage, go on to the next one. You know, tactics are something that only work if they're implemented in a plan. If, if I do something one day and it, and, and it serves and it's great, but I don't do it over and over again, I don't do it consistently, I'm never going to be successful. Your folks are on the phone every day. They're sitting in their house. Your time with them is so valuable. You want to maximize that time. You want to maximize that time and make sure that your interactions with them are valuable to them, valuable to the company, and valuable to you. The way that you do that is you, is you put a plan in place and you get professional about showing and telling. I said at the very beginning that, that engagement is a commitment to be committed and that being great at engagement was, was being committed and, and, then, and then delivering on uh, professional communications with your remote employees. Listen, there is no place that needs great leaders more than organizations that have remote agents. If you want to be a great leader, it takes a lot of hard work, it takes a lot of effort, and it takes a lot of focus. And you, in order to be a great leader, you need to bring alongside you a mentor. If you can find somebody that can help you, hopefully these podcasts have helped to mentor you in some ways as a leader in, in the contact center, or if you're considering being a leader in the contact center. But you also can be a mentor to others. You also can find a lane 
or an area where you know that you can mentor other people. It's a great way to connect. There's no better way to, to remotely help people is to get people to help each other, to help build each other up, to use their expertise, their skills and their talents and their abilities to help other, other people be successful as well. If you've got folks that are working in remote locations, you have a different set of problems. Never lose sight of the fact that every day you wake up, you're never going to have less problems. You're always going to have the same number of problems. They're going to just be different. Remote agents are just another challenge that you can be successful. It just requires planning and focus on your end. So go ahead and show and tell your remote employees how great they can be by being a spectacular leader for them. As always, it's been great to talk to you this week. If there's an area or subject that you'd like me to focus on, send me a note. Look forward to next week. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.